thank you for this day. It's been coming from the foundation of the world. We thank you for your grace that sustained us through 22 and will sustain us in 23. Riding on the wings of your mercies that are every that are new every morning. So Father, we yield to you on this day. Because this is your day that you have made. So we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for keeping us through dangers seen and those dangers that were unseen. We thank you for the hedge of protection that's been around us. We thank you for help and strength, Lord God. Sometimes limited help, but we thank you anyhow, God. Thank you that you brought us together one more time to celebrate you. To hear what you have to say, Lord. We ask you not to speak to us today. Speak through me. Move me out of myself. Use me, Lord. Speak to each and every one of us, including me today. In the name of Jesus, let the word go on the wings of the anointing, Lord God. Flow freely, Lord. Let me be a channel of your word. Uh, let these lips of clay speak nothing but your word. Let it resonate, drop from our head into our spirit, Lord. Then allow us to walk it out. Yes. Empower us through the Holy yes, Spirit. God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. I ask you to hang with me on today. Lock in with me as we lay the foundation for where. We are going this year and what we are standing on this year. Praise the Lord. I have a, uh, have you ever heard the term taking a house down to the studs? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Taking a house down to the studs. All right. Well, it's a term used when you are remodeling a house. Okay. Taking it down to the studs or gutting a house to the studs means taking it down to the original floor plan. Drywall insulation and ceiling fixtures are stripped away, leaving nothing but beams and unfinished flooring. So essentially you are demolishing the interior of your home to rebuild it from scratch. Amen. To the original floor plan. Amen. We are taking it down to the studs. So today, with the help of God, the Holy Spirit, I will begin to lay down the foundation for our theme this year. Yes. Amen. Yes. I believe God wants us to take, it, take us down to the studs as his church to get us where he wants to take us. Amen. And I heard it put this way, the church is supposed to be the most exciting entity that God has placed on the earth because it is the life support system for individual believers. God never meant for us to grow in isolation from other believers. Spiritual growth is a group 
project. We should be good news to all of us because that means we don't have to do it all by ourselves. Amen? Amen. So back in October, as I've been saying for the last several weeks, God spoke to me and said 2023 will be the year of recovery, restoration, and revival. Recovery, restoration, and revival. Much like the Trinity, three in one, right? Restoration, recovery, and revival. This is our theme that will be spoken and lived throughout this year. Okay? So there should not be any questions what the theme of liberty will be this year. It's what? Recovery, restoration, and what? Now, he led me to three specific scriptures. You don't have to go there. And these are all from the New King James. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, and it says this. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, the Lord, answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Now, one of the means of uh, recovery is this. It means to be restored to soundness. To be restored to soundness. Now Joel chapter 2 verse 25 says this. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust. The consuming locust. And the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you. In other words all those locusts were sent by God. <laughs> get their mind focused back on what it needs to be focused on. But he said, I'm going to restore to you all the things that they have taken from you. So the attack that you have been under, God has allowed it. But then God is going to restore it. Mm. And one of the meanings of restore is to reestablish. Huh. Amen. Recover means to be restored to soundness, and restore means to re is to reestablish. And then Second Chronicles seven fourteen says this: If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and then turn from their wicked ways, then and only then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Heal means to cure, repair men, and restore to restore to health. And I believe for the purpose of revival. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Amen. Uh -huh. And one of the re one of the means of revival or revive is to make alive. So our thing <laughs> is to be restored. To, it's, it's, it's restored to soundness. I mean, recovered for. It means to be restored to soundness. Restore means to reestablish and to um, restore our health for the purpose of revival. What does that mean? Why is he doing that? He wants us to recover our spiritual health. Yes. Yeah. 
He wants to restore our spiritual health. He wants to revive us spiritually. Amen. Why does he want to do that? Because we had a disruption, if you remember. And with COVID, right? 20 and 21 and parts of 22. And what that disruption caused was us as the body of Christ to sit down and then now, since if, if we still got it among us, however, the, the pandemic part of it has lifted. So God is calling us as his church because we are still living in the last days to recover, to be restored, and to be revived so that we can be about the kingdom agenda, advancing God's kingdom. Amen. God did not give you his spirit just to go to another level. He gave you his spirit so that you can go into another dimension. He don't just want you to take another level step. He wants you to go into another dimension. What dimension is that? Operating in the supernatural as the church should be operating in. In another dimension. Amen. But to get there, we got to take it down to the studs. Amen. <laughs> We've got to take it down to the studs. Now, now Satan is not happy about this. And he has been doing and will continue to do all he can to distract, derail, and actually to destroy you. He is he's trying to he's going to try and distract, derail, and destroy. Mm. The Bible tells us the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and to what? Destroy. One of the meanings of destroy means to reduce an object to useless fragments. The devil wants to destroy us to get us to be useless fragments. Amen. Amen. Satan, what that means is this. Satan ain't playing no games. That's right. That's right. And he is taking all prisoners. And he is trying his level best to destroy you and me. To make us useful, useless objects. In this day and time. Because if we are useless objects, that means the ones that we are supposed to win to Christ won't be won to Christ because they are assigned to us. Right. Mm. It's bigger than us. It's much bigger than us. It's much bigger than our three and no more. Our four and no more. Amen. But Jesus goes on to tell us in that same scripture I am come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly, which means super abundant in quantity and super abundant in quality or super or superior in quality. Jesus does not want us to just possess eternal life, but he wants us to possess full life experience. What does that mean? 
That means we just don't sit and wait till he comes back or sit and wait till for us to die and go into eternal life. That means we got work to do. Amen? So, for God to recover, restore, and revive our spirit, we need to reprioritize our priorities. All right? We need to reprioritize our priorities. A priority is something that you give special focus to. It's something that you zoom in on. It's something that you need to accomplish. So we need to reprioritize our priorities. And we're going to go to the, I know it's the beginning of the year, but we're going to the book of Revelation. Not to scare you, but to inspire you. Amen. Now, the book of Revelation is specifically designed to explain what happens before, during, and after the return of Jesus Christ. We're going to Revelation 2. It can be summarized in one phrase, things to come. It explains what God's prophetic kingdom program is and how it works and offers the most comprehensive detail in all of Scripture. Now, the book of Revelation has two goals. To encourage believers to live righteous and, and holy lives in light of the prophetic timetable that is to come. But it's also for to challenge unbelievers about the judgment ahead if they reject Christ. It's, it's to encourage us. But it's to also to move unbelievers. Amen. So Revelation chapter 2, let's start at verse number 1. It says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Verse number 2 says, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and have found them liars. Verse number three, and has borne and has patience for my name's sake, has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left what? Because thou hast left thy what? First love. Remember, therefore, this is an important verse we'll get to later on. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. So let me say this again in verse number two. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and found them liar and hast borne and hast patience. And for my name's sake has labored and has not faded, but nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. This church was doing a lot of good things that was pleasing to the Lord. But then he shifts from patting them on the back to rebuke. This church had correct doctrine, but not a correct heart. This church at Ephesus had 
correct doctrine, but not a correct time. If you remember, the Holy Spirit through Master Paul told us a few weeks ago that it's a what? Heart thing. In other words, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Mm -hmm. They were doing the work, but they had lost focus on their first love. They were doing the work, and it was good work. But they had lost their focus on who they were actually doing it for. In other words, they were doing it out of religious, uh, out of a religious exercise from a religious mindset, without focusing on who they were doing it for. Right. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Right. In other words, they were just trying to be seen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. looking the part, playing the part, right. acting the part, talking the part, or they say back in the day, talking a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But their focus is on themselves and not on him. Mm. Now just as when a man and a woman fall in love, so also new believers rejoice at their newfound forgiveness. You know how it was when you first got saved. Seemed like you could almost walk on air. Because the stone, the, the, the burdens of your heart had been rolled away. And the reason is the sin had been lifted off of you. Because you received Jesus as your Savior. But see, when you lose sight of the seriousness of sin, you begin to lose the thrill of your forgiveness. Ah. Hmm. In the first steps of your Christian life, you might have had enthusiasm without knowledge. You had a zeal for God. But not according to knowledge, according to the word. Amen. So you need to ask yourself the following questions. Do I now have knowledge without enthusiasm? Hmm? Do I now have knowledge without enthusiasm? Meaning I know it. But I do it gradually. Hmm. Do I know more? And understand less? Mm. <laughs> Do I know more and understand less? Last question. Am I merely following a program? Am I merely following a program? And if you said yes to any of those questions, you need to reprioritize your priorities so that you will experience, so that we will experience recovery, restoration, and revival in 2023. See, it's not only you. It's all of us. I have to ask myself the same questions because recovery, restoration, and revival, your rest and all that not only depends on you, but it depends on me so that you can experience that. That's right. Because what gets in the head moves down to the body. So I have to ask, I had to ask them those same questions to myself. Do I have knowledge without enthusiasm? Do I know more but understand less? 
Or am I merely following a program because I'm supposed to do this on a certain day of the week? Sunday. So here are some keys to help you recover, to help you experience recovery, restoration, and revival. Key number one is this. You need to get rid of the leaven. You need to get rid of the leaven. L-E-A-V-E-N. You need to get rid of the leaven. Y'all ready to dig a little bit? Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 1. says, the standfast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen by grace. Christ fulfilled the law, by the way. Jesus fulfilled the Amen. law. So we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. In other words, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. The just shall live by what? Faith. Not because of the work of being circumcised or uncircumcised. It's because of your faith. How do you receive Jesus? By faith. How? Through grace. That not of yourselves. That's in Ephesians 2. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Verse number 7 says, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him who calleth you a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. And I want to read it in the New Living Translation. It says this. You were, in verse number 7 through 9, it says, You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who calls you to freedom. This false teaching is, a, is like a little yeast that spreads throughout the whole batch of dough. The King James says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Now this is a metaphor that Paul uses to compare the effects of false teaching in the church to the results of yeast in bread dough. Now leaven or yeast will make what? The bread do what? Rise. And all you need is a little yeast to make bread rise. And it spreads throughout all the whole loaf, right? Now, just as a small amount of yeast will make a whole loaf of bread rise, a little bit of legalistic teaching will continue to spread, infiltrating the hearts and minds of individual believers until the entire church is contaminated. And I hear you saying, well, that happened then. Well, what about now? 
We have experienced it. From 2016 to 2020. Right has been called wrong and wrong has been called right just to get what they wanted. They made a deal with the devil to get rid of one thing that they supposedly overturned to make America right again. And since they turned it over, America has gotten even more wrong. See, one thing about the devil is, if you give him an inch, he coming for a foot. If you give him a foot, he coming for a yard. If he's coming for a yard, he's coming for a mile. The devil is never going to stop wanting more from you. He is never satisfied until he gets you to the place where you are a useless fragment. Leaven is any substance like yeast for us used to produce fermentation in dough. Fermentation is the process that turns grapes into wine. And a little bit of sin is like leaven. James 1, 12 through 15, New Living Translation says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Hmm? God will allow a test to come upon you, but God will never tempt you. Why? Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. A little leavener a little leaven, leaven it the whole lump. A little dab of sin will leaven your whole normal Christian life. Yeah. Yeah. Temptation leads to sin when you yield to it. Hmm? Check this out. If you are a believer, the devil cannot make you sin. He can tempt you. But your temptation comes out of your own desires. So Satan uses your own desires against you to tempt you, to lead you into sin, which causes death. What kind of death? Spiritual death. Mm. That's right. Satan studies, he like a football coach. Expert. He studies the game film. He knows your distinctive weaknesses and tendencies. He knows how to appeal to your evil desires so that you will be drawn away to sin. And sin leads to spiritual death, which causes separation. Separation from who? God. And when you disconnect from God, who is the life source, you will die a spiritual death. That's why the Bible says to stay connected to the vine in Luke chapter 15. <laughs> because if you disconnect yourself from the vine, 
you will spiritually die. If you seen a plant and you cut off a branch or tree, cut off a branch from the tree that's getting its source, its 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 sustenance from the roots in the ground. You take that branch, you lay it on the ground, and you watch. It's gonna it, it could be full of leaves when you cut it, but you keep watching that that branch because of its disconnection. It's gonna dry up. The leaves are gonna turn brown, and that branch is gonna turn brittle. It's going to die. So you need to get rid of the leaven because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Just like a little bit of sin can cause you to spiritually die. Because you get a little bit, you know, you say, mm, that ain't too bad. I'll take a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'll take a little bit more. And before you know it, the devil be done left you by yourself and you drying up. And then make you feel guilty about something that he tempted you with and used it against you to keep you in bondage. By using your own desire against you because you simply listen to him for a second. In 2023, you have to discern, you have to learn how to discern the leaven that's in your life and get rid of it. It's going to cost you now. It's going to cost you something that you really desire. It's going to cost you something that you really want to do. It will cost you because the devil will say, well, you won't be happy. God don't want you happy. Well, the thing is, God didn't call you to be happy. He calls you to be holy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Happiness is fleeting. <laughs> joy is forever. You can have joy in the worst of times. You can have joy in the hardest times. You can have joy in the most war in the most violent fight that you are in, you can still have joy. Because joy don't depend on the circumstances on the outside. It happens because of what you have on the inside. And if you have the Holy Spirit in His presence, there is fullness of joy. So in the midst of it, you can still have joy. And I know y'all because I'm just like this too. When I am going through it, I'll be like, I cannot find one inch. One inch, one ounce, one speck of joy doesn't seem like. But then God always does something to speak. A little still, small something. It don't got to be no big old flashy thing. It could be a little bit, if you just think about it, while you wallowing in your mess, you could be inside your house with your roof over your head. And if that don't call you to thank God, I don't know what does. Amen. And you can go to your refrigerator and you might get you a bologna sandwich, but at least you got bologna. There's always something that you can thank God for. Now, to this morning, and I'm just, and I don't know, well, this took me to this. And so I had nothing to do with the sermon. This morning, while I was studying, downstairs, and I was thinking about our parents. Mm -hmm. 
And then I thought about it. I said, all the legacy that my father left and my mother who was on the by his side, the one thing that I had never thought of until this morning, the Holy Spirit, he said, every one of his children remained or came back to the church. Yes. Every one of us came back to the church. That is a legacy. Yes. 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 The only one who's down to heaven, Phil, Robin, Rennie, and me. And I got joy in that. I'm like, my good God. Thank you for revealing that to me. So what I'm saying is, if it can happen for us, it can happen to you. Amen. The second key is you need to stir up your gift. You need to get rid of the leaven. And you need to stir up your gift. Second Timothy. Now I don't mind. I'm going to take my time, okay? Because this is foundation stuff. We need this. It sets the stage. It ain't always about jumping and shouting, which is good. I do that too. But we need this foundation. Second Timothy chapter 1. And starting at verse number 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. He always prayed for Timothy. Greatly designed to see thee, being mindful of, of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois, and, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, that is in you also. Wherefore, put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse number seven says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a what? Sound mind. Other translations in regard to stir up the gift read, fan into flames the gift. Another one says, keep ablaze the gift. And another one says, rekindle the gift. Paul wrote 2 Timothy from prison while waiting to be executed. Paul was not worried about himself. He was worried about his spiritual son carrying out the gospel. Because he only had a short time left before his death. He wrote this personal letter full of intense affection and concern for his beloved companion and protege. Paul knew that Timothy was going to be facing an enormous responsibility leading the church. And he wanted to encourage the young man to stand firm in safeguarding the gospel and spreading the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And the Greek word for translated stir up denotes a kindling of a fire as by bellows. Bellows. What is a bellows? If you've seen them on TV, 
if you watch any old movie, like back in the day when they had them big fireplaces and the bellows they used to blow air to, to, to kindle the, 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 the embers underneath, amen, so it can make a bigger fire. And if you have ever seen a campfire, someone has to stir up the glowing embers of a dying fire to cause those dying embers to flame up again to burn more brightly. Timothy was to see to it that his spiritual gift did not grow cold through disuse. He was to stir it or them up and keep the fire burning. Now let's go a little bit deeper. All believers receive the gift of the Holy Spirit at salvation. The Holy Spirit brings other gifts with him. And Timothy had received certain spiritual gifts to enable him to be an effective ministry. And his gift came through Paul laying his hands on him. Don't look down your nose when you see people laying hands. Mm. Paul wanted to make sure Timothy used his gift effectively for the glory of God. It was not that Paul thought that his faith was weak. It was that he wanted Timothy to experience the fullness of God. And he wants the same thing for us today. He wants us to experience his fullness. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, your gift is not fully developed. It develops as you use it. And if you don't use it, it can't be fully developed. Because you have to take one step and then God will take another step. And that step has to be in faith. So if you have the, uh, a gift and everybody has at least one, you need to use it so that it can develop. Amen. 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 He told me this. He said, you have sat on your gift for too long. You need to stir up your gift and protect it or them at all costs. You have sat on your gift for too long. You need to stir up your gift. You need to rekindle your gift. You need to stir it up and then protect it. Don't just... Don't just stir it up. You need to protect it. You need to guard it. You need to regard it. Not just guard it, but regard it. Not that you're special, but that God has given you something. Last key is this. You need to strengthen and build your inner man. Strengthen and build her down man. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. You need to strengthen and build her down man. Now this is a prayer that Paul did for this church. And where? Ephesians. <laughs> And remember in the book of Revelation, he was speaking to the church at the Ephesian church. So this is the prayer that Paul prayed.
for this direct generation. And Revelation was a result of after all the first generation passed away, the second generation was up. It's important. You can lose between generations. Mm. Let's start at verse number 14. It's Paul praying. He said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the family, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the what? Amen. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by what? Faith. That you being rooted and grounded in what? Love. Love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the what? Fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask of or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Man, this prayer was before the rebuke from Jesus. Amen. And the ones he was praying for here fulfilled this prayer. The ones in the book of Revelation were likely the second generation after the ones had passed away. Paul wanted the Ephesians and us to have increased spiritual strength and this is based on the internal work of the Holy Spirit. And this is what this means is this. You don't need, to change, need a change in your situation. You need an internal change. Yeah, that's good. You can't wait until everything is all good around you. You have to get an, into an, an, an internal change. Amen? When you when your cell phone is out of power, no external alterations will make a difference. When your cell phone battery is down to zero, nothing will help that battery to recharge unless you plug in the charger, right? Right, right. Hmm? The problem you have is an uncharged battery, and just like an uncharged battery, you need the internal strength that only God, the Holy Spirit, can provide. Increased spiritual strength requires increased spiritual intimacy. Oh, say that again. Increased spiritual strength requires increased spiritual intimacy. So when you, when your spirit man is running on low or almost empty, you need to reconnect to the power source to recharge your battery. All of us, I don't care who you are, from the largest church to the smallest church, to the, the greatest believer in your mind, to the one that's not the greatest believer in your mind, all of us need to recharge our spiritual battery from time to time. Why? Because you pour out and you pour out and you pour out. And the only way to get the energy, the supernatural energy that you need is connecting to the supernatural source. 
And the supernatural source is God himself. Through Jesus Christ our Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because increased spiritual strength requires increased spiritual intimacy. And although the physical person becomes weaker with age, the inner spiritual person should continue to grow. Even though you grow weaker in this body and you get sick in this body and you go through things in this body and you may have a limp in this body, you may have back pain in this body, you may have all kinds of issues in this body, your spirit man should still be strong. It has no excuse. See, the devil will make you use that excuse. Well, I'm not feeling good today. I'm tired today. I got all kinds of stress on me today. That is a sign that your spiritual strength is getting low. So you need to carve out a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, whatever it takes to get reconnected, to get rejuvenated, to Increase your inner man's strength. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Is that how you do that? You need to start taking a hard objective look at your current reality. Hmm? Look at your current reality. And problems are real. I'm not going to whitewash that and say that it is not. You look, just because you're a believer does not get you out of problems. In fact, it will cause you to have more problems. Why? It paints a big X on you from Satan, and he's going to make you his target. Because, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then another way to build your inner man is are your inner thoughts and attitudes being reflected in your outer world? In other words, what do people see when you are going through? It's easy to show them Jesus when everything is fine. But you need to show them Jesus when everything is going crazy. When it ain't making sense. In the midst of the chaos. In the middle of the storm. And what did Jesus do in the middle of the storm? He said what? Peace be still. Mm -mm. And he got, he got indignant with the disciples. Y'all I'm going to sleep. <laughs> what y'all bothering me for? I'm paraphrasing. Use your own thing. Ain't y'all been around me enough? <laughs> and then last thing you need to do is stop blaming the devil for the things you want to do. <laughs> stop blaming the devil for what you want to do. Take responsibility, hold yourself accountable. How? Through the word. Yeah. This is the standard. Yeah. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. But it's up to us what we do about it. Mm -hmm. What you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And you need to take responsibility for what you caused. Because mm. some of that stuff that comes up on us, we cause it. 
by doing what? Being disobedient. Not doing it the way God said do it. Amen? So this is the beginning of the foundation for 2023. We had to take it down to the studs. And so that you can experience, so that we all can experience recovery, restoration, and revival. We all got to get rid of the leaven. We all have to stir up our gifts. And we all have to strengthen and build our inner man. Because God did not give you the Holy Spirit just to go to another level. He gave you his spirit to go to another dimension. 2023 is the year of recovery, restoration, and revival. Amen? Stand to your feet. Amen. I will not apologize for taking a little bit more time. Amen. We're taking, uh, we're taking a little bit more time. But we need to get this. Because I believe that God is going to do something here, but we have to take it down to the studs. And if God gives the grace, we're going to look at what the church, how the church is actually set up. I'll pray to the book of Titus next week. Amen. Father, we just thank you and praise you for the word. Thank you for taking us down to the studs. And we pray, God, that we would become who you called us to be in this darkness. That we would be the light. That we would be the salt that the word needs. That they would see you, Jesus. And all that we say and all that we do, not when we're just in here, but when we're mostly out there, God. Let us be a reflection of who you are. When we get to know whose we are, we'll reflect who you are. In the name of Jesus, amen.